Product slotting. The term logistics professionals use for the process of organizing and optimizing SKUs in a warehouse or distribution center. With the goal being, of course, to make picking and replenishment faster and to reduce costs. As our guest put it perfectly today, in the end, we're all looking for that optimal pick path. Some experts argue good slotting is the number one factor in determining warehouse efficiency, and yet we find warehouses, especially those still operating manually, in a continuous state of disarray. In this episode, which is part one of a two-part analysis of slotting, we'll take you back and remember how warehouses traditionally organized. We'll hear some tales of bad slotting, and this is all in anticipation of part two, where you'll hear all about how automation has revolutionized the slotting game. But for now, let's take it into the studio and get started. Hello and welcome to Geek Speak, the logistics automation podcast. I'm Sarah Gomez, host of the show and social media manager here at Geek Plus. I'm excited to be joined by two knowledgeable guests today. Simon Houghton, Head of Sales for the UK and Ireland for Geek Plus. Thanks for joining us. It's so nice to have you back again. Thanks, Sarah. Good to see you. And for the first time on the podcast, we have Johnny Moore, Regional Sales Manager for Geek Plus America. Welcome to the podcast, Johnny. Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be here. Thanks a lot. So gentlemen, let's take it back and talk a little bit about the way things used to be, or for those still operating a manual warehouse, the process of what we refer to as static slotting. We have a variety of audience members with varying levels of warehouse experience. So let's start by setting the tone. Um, so Johnny, would you please start and tell us some of the old ways of warehouse organization, warehouse slotting, as it has been done for so many years in the past? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so warehouse slotting, I come from a enterprise customer background. I was fortunate enough to be in both IT and um, in operations for a large retailer. And um, there was so much that went into slotting. Um, slotting is basically arranging your SKUs in a manner to be more productive. You don't want to... Um, have to walk all up and down the aisle to get, you know, different SKUs. You want to optimally follow your travel path down an aisle, picking from as many locations as you want. And so SKU volatility um, tends to mess that up a bit. And there's a constant process behind the scenes involving many times IT, WMS personnel, physical WMS personnel, moving product around to get to that optimal pick path in a warehouse. So could you tell us what were some of the ways that uh, in a traditional warehouse uh, that slotting used to be done? It sounds pretty chaotic from what I've read. Yeah, I'll just give you one example. This large retailer did picking from a, um, a pick module with flow racks. And so we were very optimal or tried to be very optimal, but Let's say you had a back to school. This retailer was an office supplies dealer. Let's say you had back to school. You all of a sudden could have volumes of one SKU or actually many SKUs where you didn't have enough days of supply in the slot. So you had to start looking as soon as you got visibility 
into what that volume for a given batch or even, you know, ideally a day would look like. And you have many problems. If you don't have a, a flow rack wide enough to accommodate enough volume for a batch, then you constantly had to be on top of keeping that location full. And it's from a data perspective, you would have people from IT involved talking to your WMS folks and then having WMS folks maybe doing moves systemically and then physically to get the product into a larger location or to set up alternate picks in your WMS so that when it emptied out one location, it would go to the next. But it was really just a constant struggle to keep your pickers picking without missing product and to keep your pickers picking optimally because we had multiple levels. So another thing you wanna look at with slotting is you want your fast moving items to be what they call the gold zone to picking so that you don't have to reach way far down or way far up. You want your highest movers to be in the gold zone. So it was a constant struggle even in non-peak or you know non-promo times. So one thing that we see happening today, especially in the apparel industry, thanks to fast fashion, is the massive amount of SKUs warehouses must deal with coming in and changing with the seasons, making manual slotting virtually impossible. So Simon, maybe you could tell us more about how warehouses are dealing with this problem today. Um, I think um, ju there's just a thought uh, just going on from Johnny's comments before about slotting. And uh, I think one of the, I saw an early video in my early days of getting into warehouse automation, and it was just talking about lean methodology um, and lean processes. And um, this particular video, and it was just showing a guy in his kitchen making some toast. And he had the bread in one corner of the kitchen the butter in another and the fridge was in another and, and you it just showed him walking all the way around just trying to make his toast and of course locating the toaster and the butter and the fridge all in the same zone it's 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 just making that whole process leaner and i think obviously slotting is aiming to do that it's just making that process leaner so it just reminded me of that so i've mentioned that before um ever-changing skews um Yes, of course. I mean, uh, we I, I've seen examples in, in, my, in my role currently. Uh, I had one customer and they were doing a lot of uh, TV, TV shopping type um, uh, customer and they something and they were doing online sales as well. And they were getting something like two to three thousand new SKUs every single month. I mean, that was probably an extreme example. Um but certainly in the nature of any retail business, you know, seasons change, uh, trends change. There's always a demand for new SKUs, uh, uh, fashion, apparel, you know, SKUs are changing all the time. Um, and within that, the types types and styles of those SKUs are, are changing as well. So, for example, fashion, you'll have a whole range of new SKUs coming in for the spring season um a whole range for the summer a whole range for, for autumn or fall uh and then obviously a different range of winter coats and everything else for for, for uh, winter as well so all of those needs specific types of locations to store uh all have will probably if it's a seasonal change will go into a higher rotational code so need to be more accessible uh you're then thinking about shifting your 
non-rotes thinking fashion going back to fashion again it's a great example because you know in the middle of winter you're not going to be selling too many shorts and t-shirts so they ideally want to be moved in the manual warehouse to the towards the back and then you're bringing your winter warmer jumpers and coats and things towards the front so that's obviously an example of slotting those skews in in a more uh, accessible space to reduce the walking time for the operators uh, and that be able to get access to that stock quicker and hence obviously pick the orders quicker. Yeah, if I can break in, that's a, a great point that you bring up, Simon. With new SKUs and a traditional warehouse, um, you say, you know, one or 2,000 new SKUs a month. So I just told you how in a picking, like a picking module with flow rack, we want to keep the pick very dense. So you don't want to have empty real estate throughout your flow module. So what do you do when you get a thousand new SKUs? And some of those SKUs need to go, let's say in the middle of all the rest of the SKUs that are already there. We have to go through a process, number one, from a data perspective. And you know, how do I move maybe 20 SKUs to get room for one or two new ones? And then once that data is set up, you have to execute systemically in the WMS. And then you have to either empty out those locations naturally, and that all takes time. And then you have to have possibly someone go physically move those SKUs. So you're touching the SKUs, you know, many, many times just to make room for all of these new SKUs, which might be there for a month or two. And especially in high, you know, fast fashion, um, they're going to be there for just a short time. And then you either have empty space that you're walking past a hundred times a day. The most expensive thing in a distribution center is select your travel time. So that's why you want to, you don't want to walk past empty locations. So it's just a constant battle to try to keep your pick mod full, but of the right things without having empty space anywhere. So I guess this is probably, um, a good place to insert this question. Uh, and this is for both of you. Have you ever, could you tell us some lessons learned from experiencing successful or failed slotting projects? I'm sure you have, <laughs> maybe Johnny, you have a few of those. Um, I have a couple when I was in operations, it was, um, it was during back to school and we had a real big challenge of keeping that the selection location full. Do you have like 10, a 10 bay location and a flow rack to accommodate real heavy movers? Or do you have a small one to accommodate less travel walking past that location to get to the next one? And so we came up with an algorithm where we would look at, you know, from one batch to another. And what we really struggled with, with was the stocking piece because a, a, a stalker, behind the flow rack would cut open the cases and throw the cases in the flow rack, but they often just couldn't keep up. And, and so we really needed to utilize way more space than we wanted to, because we couldn't keep the smaller amount of space full from one batch to the next. So it just, um, and then a lot of times the WMSs won't even allow you to make configuration changes on the fly or to go from one location to the next to the next. It's just very hard systemically to manage that with a lot of the older WMSs. You want to add to that anything, Simon? 
No, I, I, I think, uh, I mean, obviously Johnny's got some specific experience there. Uh, I think um, just on my on my daily visits to manual sites, uh, you can see the challenges the, the warehouse manager has on a daily basis of, you know, you, you see some sites where they're absolutely stocked up to their, the limits, the, the stock exploding through the walls. And of course, new stock coming in, you know, it's gradually getting forced towards the door where it needs to go out and, and managing that, you know, it's a real challenge for a warehouse manager or operations manager to, to obviously get that stock put away in, in an effective location. Uh, and certainly with space challenges I'm seeing now uh, across many, many sites, managing an effective slotting uh, in a manual operation uh, when the warehouse is pretty full is even more difficult. So I think that's probably uh, another challenge I'm seeing. Yeah, I've seen warehouses, particularly gro grocery where they do produce, where you think of these promos as exceptions, but then in certain scenarios, you get so many exceptions that you're spending your entire day managing very unproductive exceptions. I've been um, to an edge of an aisle, um, with the cross aisle, where it's literally almost full of inventory because at every end cap, they have just gaylords full of watermelons or something. And it's not one little area, it's the whole entire back of the warehouse. And then every single order needs watermelons. So you, you have to make an exception and handle a special process that's far more ineffective than your normal pick path for every single order that you're working that day or week. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I've seen it a little bit in um, one of our grocery customers prior to us working with them was um, cross-stocking uh, grocery. And this was chilled and ambient goods, um, but specifically chilled in this case. And they were processing something like um, five to six thousand pallets a day on a on a on a on a peak season. Um, so one of their challenges was the stock would come in, and of course it's it's chilled and, and it's it's you know produce um, which goes out within a twenty four hour period. So it's stored in a in a very temporary position. But then the challenge is when you're preparing the, the roll cages or the pallets going to the store is trying to, to create an effective build of those cages as well. So you might receive your bread in the morning uh, or your milk, but you don't really want to be putting that at the bottom of the cage uh, going to the store. You know, you want your watermelons uh, ideally at the bottom, your heavy stuff. And then, you know, so... Sometimes the challenge was, okay, they, they tried to sequence the pick. Uh, so store everything temporarily, pick out the heavier goods first to get a, more of an effective cage build. Uh, sometimes other stores are trying to build the cage based on the aisle in the store. So in other words, you know, you, as soon as that cage goes in, it's going to a specific aisle in the store and then they're doing a more effective put away, but that creates its own challenges in the warehouse I've been able to build that cage effectively. Um, and then the final particular challenge in that particular cross-stocking site was that it was a regional distribution centre. And of course, some orders had to go out earlier than others. So they had to be fully completed. So you couldn't do all of your 
you know, your heavy stuff first and then let's sequence it and gradually build up your orders. You, there were certain orders which had to be filled, whatever. So the, the sequencing, the managing of the goods and the, and the storage of the goods was quite a challenge, I would say, uh, in that particular case. But uh, Thank you, Simon, for that. And thank you, Johnny, for your great stories as well. So I think this is a natural stopping point for this episode. Now that we've told you how it used to be and all the complicated and failed attempts at slotting, in our next episode, we'll tell you how automation does it better. And we can't wait to tell you that part. When we return for our next edition, we'll spend the episode answering an automation question from our audience. And that question could come from you. If you have any questions for us about automation, our robots, or the logistics industry, please send them in. We're on LinkedIn as Geek Plus, that's a plus sign, or you can send your questions to geekspeak at geekplus.com. Thanks for joining us.